Welcome to the Beers and Ears podcast. Here are your hosts, Casey Woolley and Matthew Brown. Hello, Beers and Ears listeners. This is Casey. And this is Matt. Welcome into today's episode. You know, normally this would be about the time that we would read an advertisement to you for our partners, uh, or should I say former partners, Riss and Cal. Now, don't worry, nothing's wrong. Uh, They've just decided to um, no longer have their online shop. So hopefully you took advantage of fourfrills.com prior to the holiday, got your great cell phone accessories. I talked to Jay a couple days ago. He's moving on to some other things. He's he's also an EMT, and he's been a little busy with this whole COVID-19 thing. So he's just, he's close up shop maybe going to reimagine what that looks like but that means that our the website that we've been advertising and our partnership that we've had for the better part of about nine months at this point has come to a close so just want to say thank you for taking the time to help us out with the show by going to the website um but they are moving on to bigger and better things and we're moving into the 2021 new year so matt what are we talking about today So this is kind of a part two of uh, the episode from uh, our previous episode. Um, you know, so we talked a lot about in the previous episode about uh, movies based on attractions that flopped. And we wanted to juxtapose that with the Pirates of the Caribbean franchise, one of the most successful franchises that Disney has had in a, in a while. Oh, sorry, hang on. Ever. Yeah. Ever. Yeah, ever. <laughs> Yeah, one of the most successful Disney franchises ever. Yep. And 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 it was a movie that I remember when it came out, it was poised to flop. Mm-hmm. And then it did it. And so because it was this loosely based on a theme park attraction, it was Disney's kind of it, I believe it was their first like PG-13 movie. It was more dark, it was more you know, spooky and scary. And it was the pirates genre, which was not a genre that was popular at that moment. And it took off. So we kind of wanted to talk about what made that one so successful. And then maybe, you know, we talked a little bit about Jungle Cruise in in the previous episode, but kind of look at the future of this with Jungle Cruise being the one that's most on the horizon and maybe kind of brainstorming what we could see on the horizon. I think it's probably just important to start out with just some some facts here and and i've made no secret here that i am not a fan of the pirates of the caribbean franchise and i'll be very honest up front i did not watch all of the movies in preparation for this podcast i just couldn't stomach it i have seen Which the one first one seen? i have seen the first one and i have okay. i believe seen the second one the first one i even tried to re-watch again and like i said last time i fell asleep it, it it's wow. it is such a boring movie to me now we'll get really? it all yeah okay i'm sorry I, I have to dissect this how how because i consider these to be some of the most fun high sea adventure type movies these are the most fun and exciting movies for me what what, what is it about it that's boring to you i think it's the fact that I never, I never related to that whole swashbuckling pirate adventure. Okay, so a couple, there's a couple things here. Number one, when the movie came out, it was very much based on a theme park attraction. But remember, I had not been to Walt Disney World, 
So I had no connection to the theme park attraction to begin with. So I think part of the popularity there was the fact that there was this beloved franchise or this beloved park attraction for the people who saw the movie and had been to the parks, they were able to make a connection. So that right there is a miss for me already, right? I have no connection to the theme park attraction. Number two, I've never been a Johnny Depp fan. I just, he just annoys the heck out of me, right? <laughs> uh, number three, um, the movie com- comes out in 2003. Now, I, I don't share a lot of personal experiences, but 2003, um, for me, I was a, uh, I believe at this point, either a sophomore, no, I would have been a junior, a junior in college. I had a lot going on in my life in 2003, things that were just really, really crazy going on. I had not come out yet at that point. So I was dealing with that. I had a lot of stress for me. I I didn't see, I didn't see a lot of movies in the theater at all. So for me, this, the first time I would have watched this would have been on my 19 inch TV in my dorm room. So there's just a lot of things that, that make it up. Right. I also, like I said, I'm not a Johnny Depp fan. I don't mind Orlando Bloom. I, I loved him in Lord of the Rings. He's a good guy to look at. You know, I just, the story fell flat for me. And I think even though I know what you're saying, it's got a lot of adventure to it. It just was not something that held my interest any time that I tried to watch it. Now, I am not discounting the fact that the series has been wildly successful. Like I said, I wanted to start this with just some facts. The, the series itself, five films... billion budget between all five films, so it's called a $1.3 billion budget, has grossed over $4.5 billion. Now, here's the thing that I find, but here's the thing that I find interesting. The first movie, $140 million budget, only grossed $654 million. I say only. At the time, that was a giant take, right? It obviously was enough to warrant a sequel. In fact, the next two movies, two and three, were shot back to back. They were shot Matrix style, if you will, which, by the way, this was right around the time the Matrix was doing its thing as well. I, I just got to throw that out there. So that said, Pirates 2 comes along, or Pirates Dead Man's Chest, $225 million budget, comes along and grosses over a billion dollars, $1.066 billion. So number two grossed more than number one. Number three comes along, $300 million budget, grosses $961 million. Again, grossed more than number one, a little bit less than number two. Now, you get number four on Stranger Tides. This one comes out in 2011, so this is four years later. $378 million budget. It grosses the most, or just about, not to say the most, it's almost the same level as number two, $1.046 billion. Yeah. That's crazy. And, that's the one that people kind of seem to think veers away. I mean, five definitely veers away, but that's the one where people are like, okay, this is where it starts getting nuts. Well, and I think Partly the reason why it did as well as it did is because it was writing, no pun intended, the tide of two and three, and people were excited to get another movie because of how popular it is. Now you get Dead Man Tell No Tales in 2017, so just about four years ago. So it would have been six years between movies. The budget was between $230 million to $320 million, only grosses about $800 million. And, and again, like you said, apparently this one really veers off course. That, that's going to happen when you have, you know, five sequels. I mean, again, I'm the sequel guy, but that's going to happen when you have that many. My point is there's no denying how absolutely um, just groundbreaking this was when they were making the initial attempt to make the movie. 
So I really let's focus some of our attention just on that first movie, just because I think some of the development um, I think is really interesting. You know, like you said, they were coming off the heels. First of all, this was back when Eisner was still um, in charge. Eisner and Iger was kind of like right around that transition. They considered a ton of people for the part. I mean, I'm just looking at this. They considered Matthew McConaughey. They considered Jim Carrey. They considered um, Michael Keaton and even Christopher Walken for the part of Jack Sparrow. Okay, the only one on that list that I'm in on is Michael Keaton. The rest of them, I'm not sure. <laughs> I think my, Michael Keaton, I, I I like in a lot of things, and I think he could have, I think he could have done done that very well. But I don't, I don't know about it. I think if Christopher Walken was Jack Sparrow, I'm not sure I'd be in on that one. You don't want more cowbell? I mean, come on. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't. I don't think that's that's just because. And and this is what what kind of to point out one of the big things why I think this franchise is so successful. It is because of Johnny Depp. So this is why it makes sense to me after that explanation, you know, you'd always said, I don't, I don't like the Pirates franchise. And I'm always like, how? And your explanation of, I don't like Johnny Depp. Well, then that is a perfectly reasonable explanation of why you don't like this franchise, because this franchise is very much in my mind, pulled by one character in Johnny Depp's portrayal of Captain Jack Sparrow, that there's so many scenes where he is clearly, I'm sure the script does not say here, do, do exactly this. He's definitely adding his own personal touch to it. And I think that's what makes the character so much fun. But yeah, if you don't like Johnny Depp, then, then you're not going to like this franchise. Yeah. So I want to, I think it's important for us to, 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 you know, we spent that whole episode last episode talking about why those other films did so poorly. I mean, why do you think pirates has the success that it has? I mean, even if I'm not a fan of it, clearly millions of people are, what, why do you think it had the success it had versus these other films that we looked at last episode? Yeah, um, I've got a whole laundry list of things. Um, so first of all, I just mentioned, I mean, it, it has a compelling main character. And this was one of my problems with Haunted Mansion, where they tried to make Eddie Murphy that main character, that big star that drove the drove the box office success. And it just didn't work because his character was just kind of eh. not saying Eddie Murphy necessarily played it bad. Just the character was not good. And then the supporting cast as well. I think we underestimate how much like diversity there is in this, in this franchise where, I mean, you have Keira Knightley's character, Elizabeth Swan. She is a strong female character in, and her arc in all three movies. She kind of goes in movie one from, I'm just, you know, damsel in, in distress though kind of holds her own to two and three where she becomes spoiler alert for a movie. That's, you know, how many years old she becomes like the pirate queen and, and leads them into the final battle at the end of three. And so mm-hmm. I, I love that character arc. The villain is really compelling, especially like Barbosa, where he's this, is he a villain? Isn't he a villain? And um, so I, I think it has good characters. The second thing I think it's got is the fun factor. It's a fun movie. There's a lot of fun, big set pieces. Yes, they're absolutely ridiculous. There are ridiculous things that happen in that movie, but I don't care. It's fun. Um, And kind of with that, some of the fun is that they choreographed that movie 
very, very well. And so like the sword fights and, and all of those, you know, ship to ship combat battles feel really fun and interesting, not just like two people clanging swords together crisscrossed. And I I, I think those are the big three reasons, but I'm actually curious to hear your take on this same question for some coming from someone who doesn't necessarily, who isn't necessarily a fan of the franchise. Well, I I think I kind of outlined a little bit in terms of, I think the reasons why I'm not a fan are maybe some of the reasons why other people are. I think there are select Walt Disney World and Disneyland attraction rides that were built in the era of Walt that hold a special place in Disney fandom. I I would say Peter Pan's Flight is, is one of them, but Peter Pan's Flight is based already on an IP. So it's an attraction based on an IP that already exists. That would be an insane movie, an attraction that is based on a movie. that So a movie that is based on an attraction that's based on a movie. That'd be an insane (laughs) movie pitch. But what I'm saying is, is I think, you know, that that itself, that's an attraction that's that's based on an IP that already exists. Then you have, you know, when I think of other ones from that era that were Walt-driven, Haunted Mansion and Pirates of the Caribbean. Now, Haunted Mansion came later. So at this point... Um, and of course, Jungle Cruise, I think, fits that bill, too, which we'll get to a little bit later. So Disney Eisner, you know, he's he was the, the one who proclaimed the Disney decade of the 90s. Right. So he's he's in everything I'm reading the script for this, um, the script for the idea of coming up with a, a movie based on the Pirates of the Caribbean ride, you know, dates back to possibly like even 1991. So this is pure Eisner synergy. Right. That was, was in, his big, development for a long time. Yeah, well, this was his big word synergy. The, the park should imitate the rides and the, I'm sorry, the park should imitate the movies and the movie should imitate. That was his big idea. So if this was in development, like you said, for a very long time, um, you figure it starts shooting right around 2002. So the scripting and everything would have happened, like you said, probably earlier than that, but they were developing it even earlier. So to my point is this, there are some attractions that are so lo- beloved by the Disney fandom that, this was the one of the very first attractions out there, if not the first movie out there based on an attraction. I think you got some of that Diz love right into that movie. What a lot of critics thought was going to be kind of the Achilles heel. It's a movie based on an attraction. They didn't understand Disney fandom and Disney fandom said, heck yeah, let's go check it out. So I think part of the reason why it falls flat for me is, I wasn't necessarily a Disney parks fan at that point. I didn't know anything about Disney parks. Like I do now that's number one. So now the question you ask is why did it succeed versus a haunted mansion? Well, haunted mansion was rushed. The storyline was flawed. we, We talked about the fact that it was based on Eddie Murphy's character versus the actual characters of the franchise. I want to see in a haunted mansion movie, a movie about, um, uh, Madame Leota about the, I want to be able to see the characters, the bride, right? I want to be able to see that story. I don't want to see an Eddie Murphy, you know, works too much story. So I think that's number one. I think that you had that Disney fandom that was intent in wanting to see this and see the connections. Number two, I do think, despite my loathing of Johnny Depp, 
there is a fan base of Johnny Depp out there. When you marooned me on that godforsaken spit of land, you forgot one very important thing, mate. I'm Captain Jack Sparrow. Um, Orlando Bloom is, you know, he was fresh off of, um, or fresh in the middle of, I don't even want to say off, he was either off or in the middle of Lord of the Rings at this point. So he yeah. was about the most well-known character of the time, or actor of the time. You know, and I think you made a point earlier that Pirates movies really weren't being made. So maybe for the general public, it was something new. It was something fresh that I think about that era, Matt. And I mentioned this earlier. So, again, Lord of the Rings, The Matrix, Pirates of the Caribbean, that whole era is these epic blockbuster, crazy movies that were like literally captivating audiences from around the world. I mean, think about, I mean, I just, that is like a part of my college life right there is those kind of epic movies that I remember from, from ending high school into college. I I will also add one more thing and then turn it back over to you. This was two years after nine 11. It was um, Iraq war had just started, you know, when reality gets a little cuckoo i mean we're living through that right now let's be honest reality, reality gets a little cuckoo people were looking for ways to escape into another world and disney gave it to them yeah i mean th- there's definitely a big you you do feel very immersed in the world um let me and, ask you a question I, before I, let me ask you one yeah, quick question wasn't this around the time when disney animation was also faltering quite a bit oh absolutely i mean 2003 so, it's yeah. it's Lilo and Stitch had just come out 2002 and that's the only hit of that that early to mid 2000s. I mean now you're getting into So maybe there's yeah, so maybe there's some of that there which is people they weren't liking the animated stuff that Disney was putting out so they found the live action a little bit more appealing. Well, I think that was another reason why people thought this movie was going to flop because P- Disney gave it the PG-13 rating. I think a lot of critics were like, ooh, Disney's Disney's taking a big risk that's going risque because PG-13. And and I, I think, like you said, Disney fans who were adults now were like, yes, a movie kind of for me and not just like a kiddie movie that I have to that I'm going to enjoy, but it's de- technically for kids. Yeah, I, I think they ate that up. Another point that I want to make of why I think these movies are so good, and I think this gets undersold, and it's the music. That Hans Zimmer does the music for this, and it perfectly fits what this movie is. And, I mean, I think my wife's band is playing a Pirates of the Caribbean medley in this semester. And I remember when that movie came out, every band was playing Pirates of the Caribbean, Pirates of the Caribbean, because it was it was music that people were really excited about. I myself, this is gonna sound, this is gonna make me sound old, but I had the CDs of all the soundtrack. And I remember when At World's End came out, I went out to Barnes and Noble and bought the CD <laughs> of the soundtrack. I, <laughs> I will tell you that I will agree with you here. The the soundtrack for this film for the series that dun 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 that that is so iconic um i've downloaded numerous mp3 files from the various various movies in fact most likely when we go to edit this particular podcast that will be what the intro is for this particular episode because it is that iconic i've used it in various things i just listen to it and here's how i will tell you that i know disney 
cares about this franchise. So you've seen Happily Ever After at the parks, right? Yes, I have. And you've seen um, there's also been other um, there's also been other firework displays and stuff. You'll notice that at ha- and we'll just talk Happily Ever After because it's the most current one. Everything, every single montage on Happily Ever After is an animated movie, except one, and that is Pirates of the Caribbean. And they play that theme song. Back in 2000 and blah, 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 I don't know, whatever it was, when they had the, the one firework show where Captain Hook takes over the, the, um, takes over the, the castle from the fairy godmother, it was a special year-long celebration. I can't remember what year it was. Oh, what music did they use when Captain Hook takes over the castle? Oh, they don't use Peter Pan stuff. They use <laughs> Pirates of the Caribbean theme song. The, it's, it's, the, it's the He's a Pirate theme song. It's like a minute and 30 seconds long if you know yep. the soundtrack. I know exactly and, what you're talking about. <laughs> you know exactly which way. The dun, 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 and, 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 and I remember when I was in the park for the first time in 2010 and I heard that and I saw that show. That song, I'm going to get a little emotional right now. That song is what hooked me onto Disney parks. That song, that really? moment, it was our, it was, it was our second to last night there. We were in the magic kingdom. It was my birthday. It was August 13th, 2010. Uh, we were at the magic kingdom or maybe it was two, two, August 12th. I can't remember. It was, it was my birthday. So it was the first time I'd ever been to the parks, Matt. Nate took me down there. We're watching this fireworks show. It's a hundred degrees outside. It's seven o'clock or eight o'clock at night. The fireworks show is going off that moment when captain hook takes the castle and it turns red and there's all that smoke and you got that song playing and then it stops and it slows down and fairy godmother goes oh my god the beautiful castle or you know oh goodness the beautiful castle that's what hooked me that that is what bit me to be the disney parks nerd that i am today was that moment so as much as i despise the movie it has such an important part in my disney fandom because of the music wow that's crazy um, wow. That's, that's a Power really cool music. story. Um, yeah, the, the music is Isn't just, that fun? Uh, yeah, that, that's really fun. Um, uh, wow. And, and I think it's so funny that it came from a movie that you really don't care for, but I think that I shows how good that music is and how, I mean, it, 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 it is piratey music. Like, I don't know what a, a better way to describe it other than like Hans Zimmer clearly captured pirate in, in music. And this was not just in, like that one little snippet you're talking about, like you listen to the entire soundtrack and it just, it just works everywhere. So, it does. Um, it does. oh my gosh, I could, I could go for hours on about the music, but <laughs> anyway, uh, so in, in terms of the movies, you know, I, I, I don't think we need to belabor the fact of like doing movie reviews or something like that, but I do kind of want to just do a minute long mention because I have seen all of them. So one I think is a great, great movie, a really fun time. I love it. I will watch that movie again and again and again. Two and three, I think, are a good continuation and have good arcs. But the the problem, the, the Achilles heel of both of those movies is the plot just gets really convoluted. And you, you really have to like take notes to keep up. Four, I think, is criminally underrated. Um, I, I think it's very good. And then five is just unnecessary. You have to go into it with the idea of, you know what, I'm just going to have a good time and that's just going to be what it is. But it's it, it goes it goes even stranger and even weirder. And and it, 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 it 
probably didn't need to happen though. Again, if it made $800 million. Talk talk to me for a second here. So again, folks, if you're listening to this podcast, there's going to be spoilers. So if you don't want to hear it, you can stop listening now. So talk to me here just for a minute, just do a brief synopsis for me. What happens in one that carries over to two and three? And then how does four shift? Like, do they continue? Is it the same storyline? Is it one of those things where it's a different universe? Like what hat, like why is there such a disconnect in your mind? Okay. So, so, um, you know, one is kind of its own standalone thing. And then so that's two, the one where, so hold on. Let me see if I remember one for a second. That's the one where that gold to bloom. If it, it, it gets lost. Yeah. Okay. It gets lost for many, many years ago. It's in someone's, I don't know, uh, jewelry box, but somehow it falls out and lands in the ocean, which then triggers this old, I think the black pearl ship or whatever to come back and find it because that's the only way that they can be at rest or something. Right. Exactly. Yeah. That's the, that's the whole thing is it starts out Elizabeth Swan, young Elizabeth Swan rescues Will Turner, who, who's, um, you know, whose dad was on the black pearl. He has that medallion. It stays on land for so long. Then she falls in the water with around her neck. It calls the black pearl that triggers all the events. So yeah, the, 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 the curse, the black pearl is centered around, you know, Jack Sparrow and, or, and I don't know, Orlando Bloom, Will Turner and Elizabeth Swan are caught up in this, uh, thing with Barbosa, who is the captain of the Black Pearl, and his crew is cursed. They're trying to break that curse. There's a whole bunch of shenanigans with the Navy and all this other stuff. And is Barbosa um, the one now in Barbosa? Is he the one that in the Pirates of the Caribbean ride when you go under that fog and he says dead men tell no, or where he's talking? Is that him? Maybe I think so. Um, I, I think that's what he's maybe what he's based off of. I don't, I don't know. Um, I don't know. No, on that there's, there's a projection. There's a projection when you go under the, the pirates of the, when you're on the price of the Caribbean. Ride. What's that? It's been a minute since I've been on this ride. I yeah. Think so through it. You, like when you go on the ride, there's a, there's like this mist and there's a projection on the mist and it looks like the villain from pirates of the Caribbean. I just don't know if that's Barbosa or not. Uh, I, I want to say it's probably a Barbosa-like character, but I don't. No. I, I don't know for sure that it is Barbosa. No, it's him. It's so, the character. I mean, it's the actor. Oh, He's from the. Oh, movie. the Jeffrey, Jeffrey Rush. I, then yeah, yeah, absolutely Barbosa. So that's Barbosa. Okay, I just want to make sure because it's because there's this other guy that I've seen that's got the weird snake-like beard. Yes. So that is that. This is where two and three now kind of enter a new thing. So two, okay. the whole thing is is um, is. Um, oh, Davy Jones. Davy Jones okay. is and that's the octopus guy. He okay. becomes the main baddie, and uh, the whole thing with him is it's you have to find he the he is the ruler of the Flying Dutchman, and in order to be the captain of the Flying Dutchman, you cut out your heart and put it in a box, and that's the only way that you can be killed. And so they're they're kind of like the underworld of the sea. So like if you die at sea, you get swept up by the flying Dutchman. And okay. so it's this whole, um, it's this whole thing of Jack has, it ha- has a deal with him or a, he's in trouble with him and he has to get him 100 souls. And so he of course gets Will Turner into all this and Will Turner finds out that his dad is on the flying Dutchman. And so then Elizabeth Swan gets tied up into all this. And so that's two, the end of two the big surprise is that Barbosa's alive. And then okay. that triggers three, which becomes this, uh, the East India trading company, which is like your, 
you know, the civilized people that are trying to uproot pirates out of this world, they somehow get control of Davy Jones's heart. And so now have control over the Flying Dutchman and his crew. They do what he wants. So there's this whole uh, conflict between the rest of the pirates and Davy Jones and the East India Trading Company. You see where this plot is getting very convoluted. But I, so I this is so this is where like if they would have if they would have ended the trilogy here things would have been okay then they went and then just, decided it, it, they made a fourth and then it suddenly became crazy. Yeah, four four pretty much was just is a totally separate storyline. The only characters that really come back are Barbosa and Captain Jack Sparrow. Otherwise, it's all new people. So it's so it's related um, then. So it's related to the, yes. the sequel or the trilogy. So it's not like it's in its own. It's not like they went multiverse on us. No, no, no. It's not multiverse. It's in the same universe. Uh, Will and Elizabeth are mentioned. I believe they show up in 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 five as well. Like it's it's like okay, they exist. It just is. They oh, so so Will and Elizabeth are not in four. No, they are not in four. Um, oh. I believe they cameo in five, if I'm not mistaken. But yeah, they're not in four. So that was the reason why a lot of people didn't like four was because it was more of just Johnny Depp. Now, I mean, Penelope Cruz is in it. Uh, <laughs> in other words, in I would not like it. <laughs> yeah, I don't think you would like that one. And, and to be frank, like this is not a franchise that that I necessarily want to like. I, I don't know. Some, some movies I, I really want you to like. This is not necessarily one of them that I'm like, oh, man, you really need to like this. Like it's it, it, it it's very it's a very fun franchise. And really, honestly, more of where the fun comes is now what they've been able to do. You know, we talked about this in the International Parks episode where the Shanghai Pirates of the Caribbean ride is absolutely wonderful. And I'm honestly more excited about that than I am about like new movies that come out. So I, 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 I want to transition a little bit cause we don't have a lot of time left. I want to transition cause I know you want to talk a little bit about some rumors and stuff about the jungle cruise and things. Something is I'm, I'm sitting here thinking about, right? So we, we posed this question, I think on the last episode where we said, you know, what, what could Disney do? Or if we didn't pose it, I was thinking it. What could Disney do to make these these movies based on attractions more palatable? You know, we've had several conversations about movie universes, right? We've talked about the Marvel Cinematic Universe. We've obviously talked about the Star Wars universe. Um, we've talked about the DC horrible universe. And apparently after what happened with Wonder Woman 84, which was a flop, I don't know if that'll ever survive. Um, the Universal Monsters Universe. I think it'd be kind of fun to to even the, even if they weren't interconnected i think it'd be fun i think disney should look into how do they create a disney parts attractions universe and and and, and 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 do some stuff based around like even if you can figure out a way to interconnect them awesome but if i don't know it, to somehow make it a target priority i mean they're already doing this with the jungle cruise i wouldn't put it past disney in some capacity to somehow link what's happening with the Jungle Cruise to something from Pirates. To so Casey, whether it, what's that? What you're describing is Disney C, yes. the Society of Explorers and Adventurers. So th okay, that's what you're describing. What, okay, so that's what I'm saying. Okay, so that's okay. So we've talked about this. So I knew we've talked about this. So I mean, how cool would it be? You know, so now if they do a Haunted Mansion franchise, that somehow also finds its way in there. We've talked about you know Grizzly Manor and everything, right? I just think that there's there's something hidden here that in the and there's no 
there's no secret that the Diz Parks fan base has grown exponentially since the Haunted Mansion came out, since the first Pirates came out. Uh, you know, we talked about the Jungle Cruise and whether or not we think it's going to be successful. I think it will. I, it remains to be seen whether it's going to be blockbuster successful. But knowing that it had to wait a full year, people are going to be itching to get any new content. So I think that's going to help it. Um, you said you found some rumors about the Jungle Cruise, right? Yes, I have a whole I have a whole slew of rumors that I will be trickling out over the next uh, couple episodes. But so you know, I, I talked. We talked. Th- this is a segment that I'm going to call uh, Casey was probably right. Um, and so, um, you know, I, we, we posed the question, like, do you think that the Jungle Cruise is going to change based on this movie? You know, they did it for the Pirates ride. And I, I was very adamant that I was like, nah, I don't think so. Well, from from the sources that I'm hearing, um, um, the podcast I listen to of, of people have been doing this for a lot longer than I have. Discussions have already begun um, for Disneyland, Disney World in Hong Kong, looking to incorporate scenes and events from this Jungle Cruise movie. I really think they're banking on this being a blockbuster. And I will say the previews have that Pirates of the Caribbean feel to it. It it, it feels the same. And and it so it's very like it feels very Pirates meets Mary Poppins to me. Is that because Emily what Blunt I mean, is in it? It does. It, that's what I'm saying. It feels very much pirates meets mary poppins like i see her and i see mary poppins and i'm okay with that because that's the kind of adventure that mary poppins would have you know and i don't know i just it it feels like that to me (laughs) yeah i i think it's gonna have because the the pirates of the caribbean movies gave good nods to the ride so like the whole uh, the guys trying to get out of jail by getting the dog with the key like that that scene is incorporated very well and obviously you can see in the previews where uh, Dwayne the Rock Johnson's character does the whole backside of water thing. Like I, I think they're going to incorporate it really well. I, I it remains to be seen how well it will be received if they change the ride, and it will it will be interesting to me. It, it'll be interesting for me to see how well this movie does, and is there a threshold that they're looking at that this movie has to do before it. Um, before they like green light those changes or whether no matter how this movie does, that's what they're doing. I, 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 I'm, I'm optimistic about this movie. The movie looks really fun. I honestly, when it was going to come out this summer, I was going to go see it in theaters 100%. Um, you know, now we'll, uh, we'll see where we are. I had a chance before the whole craziness, like back in, at the beginning of November, we had a chance. They were doing the Hocus Pocus. We were, you could rent out a whole theater with a group of friends of up to 20 people and socially distance. And I had a chance to go watch Hocus Pocus in the theater, which was really nice. But I miss going to theaters to see new movies. And fresh popcorn. I miss fresh popcorn. Like like yeah. movie popcorn, not not home, not home homemade popcorn. Sorry. Yeah, I just, I, I miss, no, I hear you. I miss going to see those summer blockbusters. You know, I mean, we, we watched Soul on Christmas Day and... It was fun. Like, don't get me wrong. I, I didn't. I, I I enjoyed the movie, but it was like you know, just somehow watching this in my home is just. I'm a big theater experience person. So, um, mm. but anyway, I digress. Um, so I, I I have to say, Casey, I love your idea of a connected thing. I mean, as I said, this that is the Society of Adventures and Explore or Explorers and Adventures. That's what they're trying to do, kind of subtly in the parks, where connect all of these attractions that they are they are 
owned by these people in the society. I think that I think you could very easily incorporate that subtly into movies and connect them. Uh, but with that said, question for you: What movie or what attraction do you think they should make a movie on? So, what what attraction do I think they should make a movie out of next? Is what you're saying? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, if you say Pirates of the Caribbean, it's like I mean, unless you think they should revamp Pirates, but no, no, uh, no. Well, that's already discussed and it's been like people are like throwing fireballs at that idea so i don't i don't think that's going to happen what movie oh my goodness what attraction do i think they should make a movie based on well i think there's some some low-hanging fruit out there i definitely think big thunder mountain railroad is probably one they could do or figure out a way to do um that that could be a a low-hanging fruit one you know splash mountain was already based on ip so probably not that um Space Mountain theoretically could be one too. I could I could see an epic space situation. The problem is then you kind of crawl into Star Wars territory. So yeah. I don't know if they want to pull that off. The Enchanted Tiki Room could be a fun one. Especially honestly, I could see a. Okay, here's an idea. If 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 the Jungle Cruise does well, I could see a sequel where they cross the Jungle Cruise with the Enchanted Tiki Room. I mean, I had not considered the Enchanted Tiki Room, and uh, that would be, I think that'd be another really fun movie. I mean, again, you already have a great song, and uh, you could very well, easily I, build a plot around an Enchanted Tiki well, Room. Well, I'm saying, I mean, think of something like Indiana Jones-ish, which is kind of what I'm yeah. thinking this, this Jungle Cruise is going to feel like. But, you know, Indiana jo- you know, uh, whatever Dwayne The Rock Johnson's character's name is, but basically Indiana Jones in the Enchanted Tiki Room is basically what this would look like but it would be rock. And I don't know. I could see that. I mean, I, again, this goes back to this idea of you could start to merge some of these universes that are created by these individual parks, attractions that don't have IP already, that they're not already based on IP. And then suddenly you create a world within a world. Um, you know, and of course I was just thinking Walt Disney world. I mean, the Matterhorn could potentially yeah. have a, a, an attra- a movie. I think there's truly a lot of um, possibility here for Disney. Yeah. The other one that I thought would be, I think you could do a really cool expedition Everest, like search for the Yeti type thing. I think that could be an interesting. Yes. yes. I even forgot about expedition Everest. Yeah. I, so in, in other words, off the top of our heads, we just came up with like four to five, like make like not even like, eh, maybe would this work? Like would work. And to be honest with you, I, all of the things you listed, if they came out and said, all right, we've got Big Thunder Mountain Railroad, we've got Enchanted Tiki Room, we've got uh, Expedition Everest, we got a Space Mountain movie, we, we, we've got all these movies coming out, I'm probably like, sign me up. Yeah, I'll see those. Yeah, absolutely. Well, um, do you have anything else you want to add before we uh, close out the show? I have to add uh, one more rumor mill uh, in the segment of Casey was right. <laughs> um, I like this segment. I thought you might. Um, So, uh, you know, back in our This For That episode, um, which if you haven't listened to, totally do. um, You know, I I mentioned the Zootopia land that I was Mm -hmm. that I was like, oh, we should put Zootopia in uh, Animal Kingdom. And you were like, I thought that was already announced. And I said, well, I didn't I hadn't heard any of that. Well, it seems the rumor is that Zootopia is coming to Disney's Animal Kingdom 
it was like, it, but not until like mid to late 2020s, they were kind of supposed to announce it during the 50th anniversary, but who knows what's going to happen with that. So mm. it looks like it is kind of the Disney's Animal Kingdom. Yeah. Speaking of the 50th anniversary, I know we've put this up in our social media channels, but uh, we talked about the Tron uh, light cycle. It does look like Tron has been delayed. And I've even heard Guardians might be delayed too uh, yeah, for so the that's, 50th anniversary. That's another one that I heard. Honestly, Tron, they're, they're the the rumor that I heard was late fall, early winter still of this year. Soft opening. Really? So, so my buddy, I, my buddy I, Jason was just down there and he said that they're, they're not even close to looking like they're being done. So I wasn't sure. Yeah. I, that, I mean, again, this is all, let me be very clear. This is all rumor based. This is nothing, uh, you know, official. I mean, I, I trust the source that this comes from, but, uh, uh, I, I, I guess I, I don't know why I'm being secretive about this. This comes from Jim Hill from the Disney dish podcast. Like this is not anything to see or not Disney dish. Um, um, I'm totally blanking on no Disney dish. Yes. Yes. Jim Hill, Jim Hill. He's a great guy. Um, so, uh, you know, I don't know why I'm being secretive about his name. Yeah. If you want to go listen to that podcast, Jim Hill and Len Tesla do a great job. Um, so, and then guardians, it sounds like um, they're going to, uh, they need to film the live action footage. Um, mm. And it sounds like they're going to film it during the filming of Thor love and thunder. Um, and so it looks like it's going to be early 2022. So really, mm. I don't think these things are getting as delayed as we think they are. I just think Disney's hedging a little bit to try to, I mean, think about it. If construction shut down for three months because of the pandemic, they're probably three months behind. Yeah. Well, and, and honestly, when they do these big anniversary type events, they're year long anyway. So if it's going to kick off October 1st, uh, it's going to go through October 1st, 2022. So technically they're within their 50, you know, within their time period. So, all right, it is uh, closing time, my friend. If you would like to get a hold of us, my friends, you can do that on all of our social media channels, including Facebook at the Beers and Ears Podcast. You can also find us on Twitter and Instagram at Beers Ears 1928. We also love email. Uh, feel free to email us at Beers and Ears 1928 at gmail.com. I want to give a shout out to uh, a mutual friend of, of Matt and I's, um, Eddie uh, Gutierrez. He worked with us at the Disney store. He sent me a message today and I just, I just thought it was awesome. Um, he, his family owns um, a family run restaurant um, downtown Chicago and they're doing a bunch of like remodels and stuff. And he sent me a picture of like this completely like, like renovation that he's doing. And his, his, he said, your podcast has helped me get through all of this. And it's like literally his entire restaurant is like completely being renovated. Um, and then he showed me a picture of what it looks like after. And he's actually put a hidden Mickey into his restaurant. Um, oh, that's I'm super cool. Post the picture up. Oh yeah, it's really cool. I'm going to post the picture up for you guys in the Facebook group because I think it's really cool. But um, I just wanted to say thanks for listening, to Eddie. We, you know, we love you, buddy. I, I, we've known Eddie now for a couple of years. He was a guest at one point, and then we recruited him to come work for us temporarily for 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 the holidays, and he ended up staying on because he was so awesome. So, um, but anyway, uh, to those of you who are listening, we want to say thank you. I just did our our listener. Um, our listener uh, uh, ratings in terms of uh, a listener base for the month of December. And we consistently are, are seeing increases in our listener base, not just in the U S but internationally. And, you know, we've said it a couple of times, but we really do appreciate it. We do this for us, but we do it for you too. Like, it, it, you know, we really have a good time knowing that there are people out there listening. To this. So uh, Matt, let's raise our glasses. Shall we? Yeah. This episode has been on us. We got some great ones coming down the pipeline. So, 
uh, subscribe and keep on the lookout Tuesdays and Fridays. Uh, Let's raise that glass. I think you already said that, but let's raise it again. (laughs) Also, take another drink. We'll see you next time. All right. Thank you, everyone, and have a great night.